Well, good evening. Good to have you here. How many think this is like the warmest uh, February they've ever had? For me, I'm from Minnesota. This is pretty warm. I was almost, I was out in shorts and t-shirt today. It felt great. And uh, I think Pastor has this whole Indian summer thing. What? Snow for Christmas. That's all I need. Well, and we, we got it, so that's good. And we got snow last week, so we got it. I was stuck inside with COVID, but I still got it. Um, no, I, I pastor starts this Indian summer thing in the fall. I think we should start like a February summer. Is that a thing that we can start? I like that. So this is the time of year that I came to Indiana for, right, for this temperature. Uh, we used to, when I was in Minnesota, we had our winter retreat weekend, Valentine's Day weekend. And I can only remember one time we didn't have snow. So that was uh, normal for us to get snow then or, you know, in May, you know. So we're, we're, we're enjoying this warm weather here. But hopefully you had a good afternoon, got a nap in or got to spend some time outside. But we are excited to be here tonight as a church family. You know, spend some time in communion tonight, which is always a, a unifying time for our church and a good time to reflect on our own heart as well. Uh, but a couple of announcements before we get started. First of all, if it's your first time joining us here in person, our welcome desk on your way out. Uh, we have a gift we'd like to give to you. If it's your first time joining us online, our website is still down. We had a meeting working on it uh, before the service, but our website is still down. So please, e- please email us at office at sptnd.org and uh, let us know of a record of your visit. Give us your name and some things that we'd like to, we'd like to get to know you there. Again, our, our, uh, it is still, our website's still being worked on. They just had a meeting before, so it's working. It's getting there. Um, hopefully they got a lot accomplished with that. But our giving, you can see, you can actually scan with your phone. Um, or you can go online at svtna.org, or you can give in the back of the sanctuary as well. So we're hoping to get that back up and going quickly. It's kind of been the perfect storm with everything happening with the Klingemans, and people can't figure out what our address is or our phone, you know. So they're like, hey, we checked your website, but it's down. We're like, yeah, we know. So, uh, so it's just been a perfect storm, but you can see there where the giving is, and uh, you can look online, or you can scan that QR code as well. Uh, one more announcement for our missionaries of the week. As Pastor said this morning, we have the Maranatha Choir, one of the Maranatha Choirs. They have two traveling, three traveling choirs, and we have one of them in. It's March 2nd. It's a Thursday night, so our Wednesday night service will be moved to Thursday. Pastor, does that mean we have no Wednesday morning service as well? Okay, so it'll just be a Thursday night service, um, but we do need help with housing. So if you're interested in housing, I think there's a sign-up sheet out there. Uh, it'll be Thursday night. You'll come to the service. You'll take them home with you. And uh, they love food, so you can feed them dessert if you'd like. Um, and then you'll give them a place to stay and then feed them breakfast in the morning and then bring them back here and they'll move on to the next church. So uh, always a great time. I was able to travel in some choirs when I was uh, in school. And it's always a wonderful time to get to know uh, people across America and uh, other believers and just the fellowship and the camaraderie that we can have. So if you're interested in that, see the sign-up sheet out there. And then our missionaries of the week are Jonathan and Emily Washer. As Pastor announced this morning, they're starting a, a long list of uh, prisons in... Florida. And so their first prison in Florida was in Milton, Florida, and they had seven teams. They run tournaments, um, sports tournaments, so basketball, volleyball, softball, soccer, um, all different tournaments. And so they have they had seven teams, about 30 men um, heard the gospel, and uh, four of them accepted Christ. Two of them gave some incredible testimonies, and uh, so you can read more about that in the back uh, with their um, email update letters, um, but they're doing great work. We were able to go with them a couple months ago, and they're just doing great work in and out of prison almost every day. So, uh, we continue to pray for them. All right, go ahead and stand with me. We're going to pray, and then we will uh, join together in song. All right, let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for your love for us. We thank you for your, your blessings upon this church. And Lord, I thank you for each and everyone in this, in this church and uh, just the fellowship that we can have, the unity, the encouragement, as we heard this morning, Lord, loving one another, encouraging, comforting one another. And uh, Lord, we are just so thankful for the church family that you've given to us. And we thank you for what you are doing in this, in this church family. Lord, bring in people from the community. Help us to be a light in this community. Uh, we pray for the washers as they're traveling around Florida and uh, various correctional um, facilities there. I pray that you would just bless them as they um, go into men and women who easily see their need for a Savior because they see that they've done wrong in the sight of the law. Um, but Lord, help them to see their need for a Savior because they've done wrong in the, in the law of the Lord and in your eyes. And so I pray that you would just give them boldness, um, give them easy passage in and out, and uh, Lord, I pray that the gospel would go forth um, through the washer's ministry there. Lord, we thank you so much for this time that we can spend as a church family. pray you'd help us to worship you, to lift up our hearts in worship and praise to you tonight. We thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Remain standing. Good evening. We have a God who is with us. Is that not comforting? I'm going to read an excerpt from Psalm 139. 
Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. There is not a trial that we can experience that God does not know about. He has not gone before us. There is not a difficulty in our lives that we cannot turn to God and know that his presence is with us. So sing with me, if you would, with your hearts and voices, I am with you. Remember that that song is from, it was written for the uh, colonial bus accident. And uh, so that's, so the song says, I'm with you, Father, Son, and Spirit, right? I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. The last verse says, come, be with me. And uh, so uh, very apropos for what's, uh, what the claim is going through. So we're going to do birthdays, anniversaries. I just want to mention this now because it's morning uh, in in Guam, the morning of Monday, and today, for them, Monday is Caleb's birthday. Uh, he would have been 19 today. So um, just keep them in your prayers. I know that that's going to be uh, a difficult thing, but aren't you glad they're all together for that? Uh, praise the Lord for that. Um, so, Lord's good. Uh, birthdays and anniversaries. Anybody have a birthday this last week that we need to recognize? Anybody? Who? Nate? Where's Nate? There he is, back there in the corner, Nate, trying to hide. When was your birthday, Nate? On yesterday? And how long have you known the Lord as your Savior, Nate? 19 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. Sean Green. Where's Sean at? Shawnee, there you are. How old are you, Sean? 13. I can almost remember 13. Almost. I'm old. All right. Uh, so how long have you known the Lord as your Savior, Sean? Five years. Praise the Lord. All right. 
Who are we pointing to? Bob Mayer. When was your birthday, Bob? Yesterday. Yesterday. You and Nate, same age. I didn't realize that. Wow. <laughs> How old are you, Bob? How old are you? 88. I didn't figure you'd mind me asking. How long have you known the Lord as your Savior? Well, this coming August, it will be 73 years. 73 years in August. Wow. Praise the Lord. Anybody else have a birthday? How about anniversaries? Do you have any anniversaries this last week? Anniversary? You guys went, where did you guys go to celebrate your anniversary? Uh, we went to the Caribbean. Wow, nice. Good look out there. See, you could have just stayed in Indiana. That's true. That is true. I looked at it on the security camera. <laughs> <laughs> How many years? Nine years. Nine? Oh, wow. Known each other since you were five. Married for nine years. Wow, that's exciting. And so uh, we always ask the secret to nine years of marital bliss. So whichever one you're going to go first. Natalie? Brian? Whichever one. Having a core value, amen. Miss Natalie, what's the secret? Oh, I know. I mean, I know I married the, the man that God made for me. Amen. Marry the one God made for you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Anybody else have a, an anniversary? Michael had an anniversary? Oh, Maria's happy birthday, Miss Maria, if you're watching out there in California. Was yesterday, how old was she yesterday? 19. All right. Well, congratulations to her. Anybody else? Let's sing. Happy birth birthday. Yeah, there you go. Somebody came up with that. I like that. Here we go. Happy birth birthday to you. Happy birth birthday to you. Happy birth birthday. God bless you. Happy birth birthday. Before we go any further, uh, Skeet asked if he could share a testimony about how he's come through his ordeal. Not quite through it yet, but still come through it. There's a microphone set up for you down here, Skeet, so come on up. And, and uh, bring. And one of his nurses came, and she's going to share some things as well. So praise the Lord. We're right here. He said, don't make me, don't make me climb the stairs. I won't make you climb the stairs. I, I kind of wanted to watch you go down them. But, uh, <laughs> well, this is a... First time for me to uh, get up like this, and so if you hear anything knocking, it's my knees, okay? <laughs> and uh, this is a dear nurse friend. She was with me today. That, uh, it was really bad, and her name is Lisa Reed, and I've got a little testimony. I'm going to read it. I won't be able to say it, but uh, I'll read it real quick. But you know, get my glasses on. <laughs> Carol didn't type it up bold enough. Okay, here we go. It says in First Thessalonians 5:18, "In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you." I know I wouldn't be standing here tonight if it hadn't been for all the prayers. On my behalf, over the past months, even a year, it started about a year ago, and um, so you guys were, I know, faithfully praying for me and. And I just wanted to say thank you for doing all that. And then uh, the Lord has given me much more than I deserve. I guess you can call me the miracle man. But uh, they have been several times in my life where, when I could have been killed. Um, but God spared me, and I have decided that he isn't finished with me yet. And then uh, I'll give my testimony. When I was a junior in high school, my mom visited Birch Terrace Baptist Church. And a couple of men visited our home. And being the kid that I was, I was around the corner listening to their conversation. It was after that, that visit that I began to question my life and the Bible. I realized that I was a sinner and that the only way I could get to heaven was by asking God to forgive my sins anywhere close to perfect. But I have tried to obey God and do what he, he pleases him. The blood of Jesus for my sins is my home. Through my stays in the hospitals, doctor's appointments, and hours of recuperation, I am thankful for the care that I received from the staff, especially 
uh, when they couldn't get the bleeding stop, they wouldn't give up. And uh, I didn't realize how serious it was because I was talking to my doctor Thursday at an appointment. I said, well, how serious was I? And he said, I thought I was going to lose you at one point. And uh, so uh, anyway, I was, just want to thank you for all your faithful cards and, and uh, the many hospital visits that people made came and saw me. And it means a lot when you're in that situation. Uh, and then uh, one night, I was in my room, and I looked up, and it was Joy Hart. And she showed up in my room, and she came in to visit with me. And uh, I, I said, uh, well, she, I, she said, you got anything you want me to pray for? And I said, well, just pray that I get well and over all this. And then she asked me if she could sing a song or if I had a song that she wanted me to, or wanted her to sing. And uh, so I said, how about Because He Lives? But I don't know if you knew or not, but behind the door, there was two or three other people standing there listening to you singing. So it was a blessing. And uh, so, uh, but anyway, I'll turn it over to Lisa, and you can go, just don't tell them all the bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, um, you all, I just want to say it is a miracle that Mr. Patterson is standing here today. He went through a lot. Um, we couldn't get his bleeding stopped. Uh, he had lost all his color. He was so weak, I couldn't get him out of bed. He had stopped eating. I was ordering food, trying to have him eat to keep his strength, have him get protein so he can heal. But you know, his bed was just keep getting saturated with blood. I had to call the surgeons. I had to call the cast room up to redo. We have something, it's a drain that, you know, pulls the, pulls the uh, blood from the um, incision and the wound back canister just kept getting full, kept getting full, kept getting full. And I said, we gotta do something about this. So Dr. Helms came in and we just had to keep giving him units of blood, units of blood one after another we had to keep giving him platelets platelets one after another and you know he was so weak and tired i didn't even want to get him out the bed because he would have just passed out on me and i just said lord i put my hand on his back and i said lord please heal him in the name in the mighty name of jesus because there's nothing else that we can do all the healing is in the blood of jesus so i said lord close his back up give him his strength let him walk again. Let him smile again because he has many more years left. The Lord has a work for him. And to see him standing here dressed up looking so good, this is a miracle. This is a testimony. So he came back. He came back because he had to get one more procedure. Dr. Helms came up to me. He said, go to room 228. There's a surprise for you in there. And I'm like, what? Like, who's in there? And I walk in there, Mr. Uh, Patterson's in there. He has his color back, bright-eyed. He's you laughing. Leon. Well, Leon is in there, bright-eyed, color back. I mean, he's laughing. And I said, look at God. And so I said, Leon, you know you got a testimony. You got to tell the church because you all, it was really bad. I did think that he was not going to make it. That's how bad it was. So I just want to say, as I look back over my life and I think, things over I can truly say that he's been blessed he has a testimony rise with me now for our scripture reading for the night. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her, that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. 
and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, Cry. And he said, What shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the, the flower fadeth, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. O Zion, that bringest good tidings, get thee up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings, lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold, your God. Behold, the Lord God will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. May the Lord, may God's word prosper whereto he sent it. Thank you. You may be seated. We're going to continue our song service this evening, singing about, sing about the perfect peace of God, like a river glorious. to it, and when my Jesus I shall see, what day that will be.
please stand with me as we sing our hymn of the month, Perfect Peace. Amen. <clears throat> There's a basketball up here. <laughs> I figured it belongs over there someplace. All right, so I asked you to come tonight prepared to answer a couple of questions. Remember what they were? Somebody know? What do you know about heaven, and what do you think about heaven? Uh, I want you to think about this. Take your Bible to John chapter 14. Familiar passage of scripture. We're going to talk about heaven tonight. Heaven's on our mind, right? Uh, heaven's sounding sweeter all the time, as the song says. By the way, the uh, scripture passages today, uh, Jonathan Klingeman is in charge of the scripture passages, and so he literally chose those on purpose for today. And uh, you might have figured out that they were chosen for today. I just wanted to let you know that Jonathan chose them. John chapter 14, a familiar passage of Scripture. Here's what I've noticed. Well, let's read the Scripture. We'll pray, and then I'll say what I've noticed. All right? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me, Jesus is speaking. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 
Wow, stop and think about that for a moment. How many of you um, have been out of the country? Wow, look at that. That's a whole bunch of people. I wonder if we went around the room and just, we're not going to do this, we don't have time, I'm just getting juices going here, right? What if we went out of the room and asked, what is the most beautiful thing you have ever seen that God made? I'm not talking about a building that you were amazed by. I'm talking about the most beautiful thing you've ever seen that God made. Somebody might say, uh, you know, uh, Victoria Falls. Somebody might say Niagara Falls. Somebody might point out a beach or an island. Somebody might point out a mountain. Uh, and... And think of all the wonderful things, and it's like, and then if you went through the list of what's on your bucket list, right? I'd like to see this, 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 you know, before it's all done. That's our bucket list. Because the place that God prepared for us here is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And yet God says, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if this place is so incredible, imagine for a moment, wow. Anyway, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself to where I am. There you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Let's pray. Father, bring us together tonight as our thoughts turn toward heaven. And help us to think about it. Help us to know what we know. And Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. I ask you to answer these two questions. What do you know about heaven? Here's, here's what I've found over the years. We all think heaven's a great place, and nobody wants to go. Isn't that weird? I mean, I've watched 95-year-old people struggle to, to keep going because we don't want to give up what's here. This is incredible. What God's given us here is it is incredible. And I, I want to, I'm not, I'm not asking for volunteers, all right? We're not trying to line people up, nor am I suggesting that you, that you hurry along the process. That's not what this is about. But the idea is that we should not be afraid of heaven. Now, <clears throat> we say amen. Don't misunderstand what I'm about to say, right? We say amen, but here's what I know. Unless I'm the only human being in the room. Uh, here's what I know. We say, amen, yeah, heaven's a great place. But the idea of going to heaven and just praising God for all eternity scares the living daylights out of us. I mean, we imagine like we're going to be sitting on this cloud, strumming a harp and singing for the next 150 eons. And uh, then heaven, eternity has just begun. Like it. And it is scary. It's like, wow. That, but what's so funny is we're not afraid to stay here. Right? We're not afraid. We want to stay here. We're, we're concerned about getting bored in heaven, quite honestly. Like heaven's going to be somehow less than. But it is not less than here. It is take here and all the wonders of it, multiply it by the, by the infinity of our God who has been preparing a place for us, and we're starting to see what heaven is like. So I want to ask you some questions. What do you know about heaven? And uh, let's start there. Tell me something you know about heaven. I, by the way, I think there's more details given to us about hell in the scripture than about heaven. That's kind of part of the issue. But what do you know about heaven? What do you know? Or oh, you're in God's presence. Okay, I heard that one good and loud. We'll get to Miss Joy in just a moment. So we're in God's presence. By the way, if it stopped there, it could be done. Right? I mean, think about this for a moment. What is going to make heaven heaven? is that we are with. Now, we're with God, right? Actually, can I correct that? God is with us here. That's exactly what he says, right? He is with us. But there, we are with him. That's a difference. And I don't think it's yet dawned on us just what that means to be in the presence of our God. So that's a great one. Mr. Joy, what were you going to say? Well, that's what I said. Oh, that's what you're going to say. Somebody else, what do we know about heaven? Bob. A new body, not made of hands, eternally. <laughs> I know it's hard to improve on this, but still. <laughs> you know, we're going to have a new body. Think about that for a moment. Wow. I mean, all the aches and pains, that's one thing. 
all the back surgeries and knee surgeries and hip surgeries and cancer and heart issues and memory issues. It's all, it's all gone. All gone. We know we're going to have a new body. And that body is a body, a tabernacle, not made with hands because it's given to us by God, right? We didn't create it. We did nothing for it. It's good. Wow, that's incredible. What's another thing you know about heaven? No sin. By the way, if we could take the first thing we talked about and this one right here, we could just about be done with the reasons we have to rejoice in heaven. You know, here on this earth, I... I I mean, if I were to ask, you don't have to raise your hand. If I were to ask, how many of you love Jesus? All of our hands go up. We all love Jesus, right? Have you ever found yourself saying, I love Jesus, but I still want to do this thing that I know I shouldn't do? And sometimes we go ahead and do it. And we love Jesus. And we ask Jesus to forgive us, and he is faithful and just and forgives us. But you know what? In heaven, never is going to happen. <laughs> wow. In heaven... I am not going to want, in the presence of God, I'm, I'm going to literally be thinking, how could I ever have wanted anything but his presence? Wow. And I'm not going to desire those things. The desire of sin is gone. The Bible says in James chapter 1, we are each drawn away of our own lust and enticed. That's gone. It's gone. No sin. What was, it? What was in that another one? We're reunited with family. Family who knows Christ, right? Because Jesus just said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So without Jesus, no one goes. But everyone that we know who knows Jesus, who's already gone on before us, you know, that's our hope, right? That's what we're talking about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 today. The reason we sorrow as others have no hope is because we, don't, we know that Caleb is there and that we will go and see him one day. And so we have that hope hope, that expectation. And so that's taking care. What's another one? Beauty. Say it again. Unmarred beauty. Unmarred beauty. Think of all the beautiful stuff we see now. Take away the curse of sin because this world is under curse. Even the earth itself, nature itself is under curse. And when the curse is lifted, can you imagine how beautiful a rainbow looks without sin? I mean, they're beautiful now, right? One day I saw a rainbow. I'm, I'm telling you, I was certain that rainbow was coming right down in the middle of the bean field right there outside of our house. Not, I, didn't, I was a kid. And I said to my brothers and sisters, I, I, I knew there's not a pot of gold there, right? I'm not that naive. I know there's not a pot of gold. I just wanted to stand in the light of you know, I just, And so I'm running. It, it had just rained, and so the bean, I mean, I am dripping wet. I'm but you know what happens as you run toward a rainbow? It moves with you. <laughs> so, you know, it just, you know, I, I, was like, I was certain it was coming right down there, and then there it is coming down on the other side of the street. What happened? And then my brothers and sisters are laughing at me because I'm soaked and covered in mud. And I just wanted to stand in the light of that rainbow. What beautiful that would be. We've got to hurry. Give me two more things you know about heaven. No more hurt, no sorrow. We just sang about it, right? There'll be no sorrow there, no more burdens to bear, no sickness, no pain, no crying over there. And forever we will be with the one who died for me. What a day. Glorious day that will be. What else? It's a physical place. We won't be homeless anymore. Amen. Roger? The books will be open and my name will be there. Streets of gold I heard this a minute ago too, by the way. All right, we've got to stop, all right? That's heaven. So... We could keep going, but honestly, it's the snippets that were given, right? It's the snippets that were given. By the way, nobody brought this up, but in the book of Revelation, the, end, the, the last chapter of the book, it says, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. That's a new firmament and, and, and a new earth. And the idea, as I see it, is that God is in the restoration process to restore his creation. And I believe that in heaven, part of heaven is us being able to enjoy this creation in all of its unmarred beauty, as Tim pointed out. I mean, I think we'll run through the creeks and, and uh, you know, dip our feet in the water and just all that. I, I, think, I, think it's, I think heaven's much more tangible than what we imagine. 
But uh, that, that's what we know. So my, now, my second question is, what do you think? Now, hear me out. You say, I don't know this for certain, but I think, I think this is heaven. Now, because I'm going to tell you, this is where it gets stuck. Because if we knew the truth, many of you think that heaven is what I just described. We sit on a cloud, we strum a harp, and we sing for the next million of years, right? And that's why we're like, mm, do I really want to go to that place? I, I, want to get, I, you know, I don't want to go to hell. That's what I know. But is heaven a better trade-off? And yes, it is. So what do you think about heaven? Somebody tell me what you think about heaven. Okay. You know, in the original creation, man had a responsibility. That was to take care of the garden. Right? I honestly believe work, didn't, work is not part of the curse. S sweat in work. Toil in work. Work that is not enjoyable. That's part of the curse. Read it. Right? But work is not part of the curse. I personally think... I, and what I'm saying is I don't think we're going to just do nothing in heaven. I think we have things to do. The angels have responsibilities. And, yeah, interesting. There are positions, at least in the millennial reign, we know that much. What do we think about heaven? Ernie? Oh, in a new way. Here's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, right? Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now, by the way, it doesn't mean that we that we gain all of that knowledge of God, right? We don't become God, but we're going to understand things in a whole new way. Uh, now, then we'll see face to face. And, and quite honestly, uh, I, I think I've said this to you before, part of the fun part about this life, and teenagers, you need to pick this up. I'm going to say something your parents will hate me for, but I think you ought to go skydiving. I do. I think you ought to go rock climbing. I think teenagers, you know, because once you get married and you, you realize that you've got to take care of that little kid there, you're going to say, ay, 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 I can't afford to do that anymore because, man, if I break my leg, I can't take care of my family, right? And so it kind of backs us off. Just enjoy that because that's kind of what we enjoy about this life is that we get to experience new things. And I think we think that we're going to go to heaven and we won't, we'll never get to experience anything new again. It's like, okay, so we're stuck now. That's not the case. We will never know everything there is about God, and we will constantly be discovering things about our God. It is a constant discovery. And that's what's going to keep us going, and it's going to be a joy to have access to the knowledge of God. One more thing you think about heaven. There's Two more. Go ahead. Right here. Now there's a song about riding a raindrop. Be able to ride on a raindrop or... Good old, good old country song there about, yeah, I know, I know that song. <laughs> about riding a raindrop, or what is that? Who, or I'm a pencil, right? Yeah, right. So, uh, you know, and wait a minute. So you're, you're thinking ahead of me for just a moment, and I'm going to tell you why in just a moment. So go ahead, Darren. Okay. There'll be, there, yeah, it's not going to, it's not. I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to walk into heaven and say, whoa, wh what is this place? I think there's familiarity because we've been walking in the Spirit and He's been ministering to our hearts all, all along. Take your Bibles and turn real quickly to another passage of Scripture. And let me ask you another question. Because I want to get to the third question. I told you there would be three. One was, what do, you what do you know? What do you think? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And let me show you verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, but... I'll let you get there. Go ahead. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. I like, I like hearing Bible pages turning. That's good. You can't hear, you can't hear electronic pages turning. So you know, it's nice. It says, but as it is written... Listen to what it says. I have not seen, neither nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man. It's literally saying... You can't imagine the things which God has prepared for them. Now I want you to do something for me. Let your imagination go wild. If, if we let, because the Bible says that it's going to be beyond our imagination. You guys remember what imagination is? We used to have that. Remember that? Remember how you used to like be able to take, you know, uh, an army man and two dirt clods and create all kinds of stuff out of it. Uh, kids have kind of lost that 
ability, but you've got to imagine for a moment. So we're going to just imagine for a moment what heaven might be like. Because if we let our imagination go wild, here's what the Bible says, even our imagination cannot compare to what God has in store. Here's my imagination. By the way, that's that riding a drop of rain, right? We laugh at that. Okay, it makes for a cute song. But wait a minute. Seriously. Imagine for a moment. I See, in Jesus' glorified body, the disciples were in a room, and boop, Jesus was in the room with them. And boop, Jesus was not in the room with them. And the disciples were walking down the road to Emmaus, and Jesus was with them. And boop, Jesus was not with them. I, I believe that our glorified bodies are going to be like Jesus' glorified body. His resurrected body represents what we get. And I imagine in heaven, here's what I imagine, that one day I'm saying, I wonder what J.D. and Abby and Peyton are doing. Boop. And I'm there. We didn't invite you. It's too bad. I'm here. <laughs> you get the idea? It's like, I mean, I, in my imagination, it's like, I wonder what it's like on the, on the moon. Boop. I can go see. Uh, that's my imagination. Now, I know it's my imagination. There's no promise in the Bible about it. But here's what the Bible says. Here's the promise that I can't begin to imagine what God has in store. Now, let your imagination go. Let's see how crazy you guys are. What would you imagine heaven might be? Robert? <laughs> there was an article just this last week I read and they found, they found I think four more galaxies each galaxy having over a trillion stars and the reality is there's still more stars than, than all the people who have ever been born on the planet and the Bible says he named them all and wow wouldn't that be something what if we got to go visit our star you know, maybe you bought one of those stars, you know. <laughs> I've got the certificate, God, here it is. Go, go, go for it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, let your imagination go because the Bible says we can't begin to imagine what God has in store. And I'm trying to get us to this point. Let us not be afraid of heaven. Do we believe that heaven is a wonderful place. We sing about it, right? Heaven's a wonderful place, filled with glory and grace. I want to see my Savior's face. But do we believe it? Because what I see is, yes, I believe all those things. Yes, I, heaven is a great place. No, I don't really want to go there. So that's what I was talking about this morning. When I was talking about Caleb sitting up in heaven saying, God, please don't make me go back. Who would want to go back to this? You know, C.S. Lewis refers to this as the shadow lands, right? This is the shadow of the... We're living in the shadow. It's the dark part. And to be, wow, in the lighted place. We literally, the revelation, we, God is the light and there's no need of sun. There's no need of moon because God is the light. And we're that close and that is heaven. So... I wanted tonight to get us to contemplate heaven for a little bit and think of just how glorious it's going to be. And I don't want to be afraid of it. I'm, again, I'm not suggesting we try to get there sooner. We want to trust God's timing. But I am suggesting that we quit trying to fight the idea of heaven as if it's a horrible thing to, to experience. Um, reminded me of... I could sing songs forever, but it reminded me of this song, uh, Miss Judy's here, and I always think of this song, Miss Judy, when I see you, and uh, you'll know immediately why, but uh, it, it reminds us of just, just from the physical how heaven is. Somebody said we're going to get a glorified body, and, and uh, so Liz says, you might know it, you're welcome to sing it with me. Now, I saw a blind man tapping along, losing his way as he passed through the throng. Tears fill my eyes. I said, friend, you can't see. With a smile on his face, he replied to me, I'll see all my friends in Hallelujah Square. What a wonderful time 
we'll all have up there. We'll sing and praise Jesus, his glory to share. And you'll not see one blind man in Hallelujah Square. Now I saw a cripple dragging his feet. He couldn't walk as he moved down the street. I said, my friend, I feel sorry for you. But he said up in heaven, I'm going to walk just like you. I'll see you all, my friend. I saw an old man gasping for breath. Soon he'd be gone as his eyes closed in death. He looked at me, said, boy, don't look so blue. I'm going up to heaven. How about you? I'll see you all, my friend, because there won't be one cripple. There won't be one old man. There won't be one blind man. What a joy that is. Can I tell you my imagination? I'll be done. My imagination's crazy. I think heaven is like this. I'm like Tim. I think we have jobs to do. I think part of my job is going to be take care of a garden. I love gardening. I just love it. I'll be out there taking care of a garden. And I just, you know, I know there's a shocky, but a song pops into your pastor's brain, and I start singing. But here is where my imagination starts. I think heaven is like a musical. You know, one guy starts singing, and everybody opens up their doors, and they're singing, and everybody comes out in the street, and we're all, I mean... I, I envision that one person starts singing and this wave just washes over heaven as everybody sings. And then it settles back down and everybody gets to do more things. Then all of a sudden somebody over there starts praising God. And, eh, that's my imagination of heaven. Just living out a musical every day. Who wouldn't love that, right? And if that's my imagination and God says, John, it's better. Wow. Wow. What a great God we who has provided so much for us. Heads out, eyes closed. Well, what do you think? Are you afraid of heaven? Or are you truly convinced that heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace? I'm not suggesting we try to get there soon. I am suggesting that we embrace the concept of heaven because it is a wonderful place and it's those concepts that when we face difficulties give us peace that passes understanding joy unspeakable and full of glory hope when there is no human hope available that's what it does pastor john i know i'm going to heaven i know it I have trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and as testimony of that, would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can just share that with you? What a joy it is. Thank you. You may put your hands down. Maybe say, Pastor John, truth is, I don't know. I'm not certain. I can't remember a time that I've placed my faith, my confidence, my trust in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross as the payment for my sins. And, Pastor, I'm concerned about my soul, about where I would spend eternity. And Pastor, I'm just asking you to pray for me. Is there anyone like that? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Anyone like that? Father, to a room full of Christians, God help us to find the joy in what you have gone to prepare for us and the faith that it will be greater than we would ever have imagined. And we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're not having an invitation tonight. Um, we're having the Lord's table, as you know, and um, and then we've got a lot to squeeze in. So after we do the Lord's table, we need to talk to you about the Klingemans and you know uh, how we can uh, help them and how, quite honestly, we've already helped them and how you can help us to do that. So um, I guess this would be okay if we move it out here a little bit with these guys. So in First Corinthians chapter eleven. The Bible teaches us some things about communion. Let me tell you where our church is on this. Uh, three types of communion. You hear me say this a lot, but I'm going to just keep repeating it because it's important. Uh, there is a, a communion called closed communion, which means that you would have to be a member of Southeast Baptist Tabernacle in order to participate in this communion service. We do not believe the Bible teaches a closed communion, and so uh, that's not us. Then there's an open communion, which basically says it doesn't matter who you are, anybody and everybody, just come and participate because it doesn't matter, and uh, we do not believe that either. 
because uh, the Bible literally is talking about a relationship here in this communion concept. You are in, as a part of God's family, we are invited to the table, and we enjoy the fellowship with our Savior. So what we practice and what we believe the Bible teaches is what we, is called a close communion. It does mean that you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to know you're on your way to heaven. Have that issue settled. And then the Bible teaches us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 that as we come to this table as Christians, that we're supposed to, to be certain that our relationship with the Lord is clear. So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, but let a man examine himself and then eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. I mean, it, it causes us, when we, when we take a wrong approach to the table, it literally causes us poor health and even potentially life-threatening circumstances. That, that's the issue that's here. I'm not trying to scare you. It's just that we're supposed to come to this table in right relationship. Uh, have you ever been to a family get-together and there's somebody that's in the family that's out of sorts with the family and how awkward that is, right? And uh, it, just, it just is And God says, I, I don't want any of that awkwardness. We're going to come to fellowship. So if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, then we take a moment to examine ourselves and make sure that we're ready to, to fellowship with the Savior at his table. Then we partake of the table. With this in mind, if your children are not to the place where they understand the gospel clearly and, and, and you can be confident of that, then I'm going to say to you, you need to say to them, no, don't participate. And it's not a punishment. It's not. It is what's right to do. And what will happen is, I promise you this will happen, the moment, maybe before, but the moment you get in the car tonight, they will say to you, why couldn't I? and you will have the glorious opportunity to share the gospel with your children. It, they'll ask. And uh, so you know, I'm, we're going to take a moment of silent prayer, ask us to consider our hearts. Uh, by the way, I will say this too, I forgot, that as we do this, we're not eliminating. This examination is not to say, oops, there's something wrong between me and God, so I'm not going to participate. That's not the idea of this. The examination is the time to get right. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So what we do is we, we get right with God so that we can approach the table tonight with that right relationship. And when we do that, as a family coming together around the table, there's a sweet fellowship with our Savior. So let's have heads bowed, eyes closed, please, for a moment of personal examination. Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to just tell you something that's kind of funny, but uh, we had literally 200 cups left. I, we didn't realize how low we got on cups. And we're looking around and saying, okay, Lord, I think there's about 200 here. So I'm just saying, so uh, hopefully everybody will get served. Let's have the men come prepare the table.